Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We are in our God with us series, which is right on for this for this season. And um, I did want to go ahead. Abby Francis, will you stand up? I had a dream of you, sweet girl, and you were, you were writing, and you were writing, and then the next scene was you actually at a bookstore, and you had written a book, and people were coming to sign your book, and you're holding the book, and your picture was on the back, and you were actually, like, signing books, and what I just see is God just says that that, that is one of the gifts on your life, is that you will write books, and what I see is that it's a series it's not just one book, but it will eventually be a series of books, a series of books that are so impactful. What I, it's like, like the little house on the prairie. Do you guys remember those books? And that's the picture I get of it will be a series of books that will then turn into a movie. They're going to be so impactful and so brilliantly written that it'll turn into a movie. It'll turn into a TV series. It's going to turn into a book that's like required reading at school. Like I feel the impact of what you are going to do as an author is going to go beyond your generation to, to generations more. But we just want to just want to cover you. God, we thank you for sweet Abby Francis and the gifts that are on her life. And she is a she has a beautiful heart after you. And I just pray, God, that you would help her develop this gift that you have given her, that you would help her supernatural, just like ideas, supernatural stories, supernatural things that people that are reading will just be engaged in, where they'll be like, I've never read anything like this before. This is so intriguing. I don't want to put it down and to where it is so well done. And yet there's so many morals. That was what was so beautiful about that series is there were so many morals and things to learn that that was why they then wanted to bring it into schools. And it's not going to just be for Christian schools. It's going to be for both. This book is going to be for Christians and non-Christians, but then it will bring people to the kingdom. People will be so affected by the books that you write that they're going to start asking questions and search and search, and then they will find themselves in the house of God, um, you know, getting the, the gold that's inside of them pulled out. So I thank you, God, for the gold that is inside of here. Help us to pull, continue to pull it out of her. And we just love her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. I'm going to get your autograph now, Abby, so I don't have to wait in line. When, but so, so good. I just love when God does that. Some of my favorite, favorite things. But what was really neat is as I was studying for this message and like we're in our God with a series on in our Bible reading, if you are doing the Bible reading in a year already, um, on Friday, the Bible reading um, for Psalms, which I love that we do a Psalms and a Proverbs every day, um, it was Psalms 139, 7 through 10. And it's a perfect example of God with us. And not, not kind of where the idea of Emmanuel when God was born, God with us, which is where this series for December came from. But, but so apropos, listen, it says, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. And then here's the part that really is like astounding. If I make my bed in hell, 
make bad choices and living through the consequences of my bad choices. Um, Behold, you are there. God is still with us. If I take wings in the morning and I dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, so high to low, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And I just thought that was so beautiful as I wasn't even, you know, in the moment, like looking for different scriptures to go with what God had shared on my heart to, to preach today. I just read that and I was like, God, you're so good. You are so, so with us. And that scripture just encompasses it all that no matter what. God is with us. And, and so what we're going to talk about today is having an unwavering faith. Having an unwavering faith in God. And that's kind of seemed to be the theme. Pastor Jurgen came here and imparted so much faith. Like the courage and faith that that man has. It is just incredible to see, experience, encounter, but then also to just get filled up with. Like I feel like that day the faith of this whole campus went to another level. And so that's just been kind of one of the words that God's just been instilling every single week to just keep hitting on his faith and an unwavering faith. And it also started from just reading through and listening to a message on our app about when Jesus was walking on the water and then Peter came out to meet him. And then Jesus, you know, he saw the waves, and he just doubted, and he started to sink, and Jesus lifted him up. And I'm like, did Jesus carry him? Did they walk back to the boat? Did, like, I don't know, my mind just starts going in these different directions, because I'm like, that's such a miracle. Nobody talks about that. Peter walked on water, too. Like, and then did he do it again? But Jesus was with him. Like, and, and the Bible doesn't really share. I tried to, like, dive into it to, like, do my, you know, research. Um, and it doesn't really share much beyond other than that Jesus just got back in the boat with him. Um, but I thought it would be great. We're just, it's, it's accounted three times in the scripture, which I thought was really cool. So anytime something's in the scriptures more than once, I mean, we want to pay attention to all scripture. But I'm like, wow, okay, this is three times. So we're going to just read through each one, yes? Matthew 14, 22 through 33 in the first service. We said 23. And we wondered, I was like, where's the rest of it? So now they have the whole thing on the screen. Yay, Cassidy. That was my fault. Hmm. But we're going to just read it. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So he had just got done feeding the 5,000 men. They say fifteen to 20,000 women and children by the time. So just that huge miracle. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, which is probably tired. <laughs> Need a little refreshing there after that, yes? When evening came, he was alone there, but the boat... How was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the water, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, so not right away. wonder how long the storm had been going. Okay. Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. So the waves, the circumstances caused them to fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you. So again, he was not totally sure. Command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. So he didn't get mad at him. He didn't say, boy, listen to me. He was like, I'm pretty sure, but I'm not really sure. God, is that you? Beg me to come. Tell me to come. And God said, come. 
God invited him in. Not always is God going to come to you. Sometimes he's going to wait for you to make the next move and come to him. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Like, just, just, just walked on the water. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. So he knew who to go to. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Which is, I mean, I, mean you, I feel like we could spend a whole series on just this, like, 10 scriptures right here. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So that's in Matthew, and then it's also in Mark, and it's in John. And I'm not going to tell you, we're already, we're kind of short on time, so I'm not going to take the time to read those, but it basically is the same story. The wind was going, they were out miles, so it's not like Jesus just walked in the waiting pool and then got on the boat, or had them come to him. Like, if you think about it, Jesus walked for like a couple miles on the water. That's pretty crazy, but that's how much trouble he's going to go also to, to come to you. But the other thing is in Mark and John, what I thought was really interesting is they don't talk about Peter. I was like, were they competitive? Were they like competitive? Like, well, you know, they were all upset that Peter got out. Oh, Peter, I have to show off again. Got off the boat, you know. You know, or were they jealous that they didn't have enough faith to step out? Were they a little insecure in their own, like, lack of faith? Did that, like, cause them to not want to, to, to record that? Um, or sometimes I've often found myself listening or watching somebody who's living in high levels of faith like that. I'm literally, like, just in awe. Were they just in the boat, like, going, Peter, whoa, like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, bro. Like, you really have that kind of faith to, like... So who, who knows why they didn't record it? I just thought that was quite interesting, you know, maybe because, like I said, I'm a uh, mama to so many boys. Cheers. I'm going to cheers a lot. <laughs> My mouth is really dry for some reason, but, hey, it's all good. Here's what was really cool, though, is that the waves came, but the disciples knew his voice. So they knew, they recognized, they had spent time with Jesus enough to know. They thought it was a ghost. And they were scared, but then Jesus said, it is I, and they instantly knew that it was God's voice. Now, Peter had to take a second, but, the, but it says in, in Mark and John that they knew his voice, that they recognized his voice, and immediately their fear, like, fear level came down. And I think the other thing we're going to kind of hit on too is knowing his voice and then being in a place to really be able to, no matter what's going around and spinning in your world, being able to hear his voice. You know, waves can cause fear or we can learn to overcome them with faith. And we can learn, like what's crazy now is we people have learned how to ride the waves. People surf, people wakeboard, people, you know, I remember my parents. It's such a cool God story. You know, they started with literally nothing. You know, they talk about how their first two end tables were these little apple crates in this little studio apartment in Eugene, Oregon. And they were givers, and they were super generous, and so they just continued to give, super involved in their church. They sat on the board, all the things, and their life just got blessed and blessed and grew. That's where I really learned blessed to be a blessing, 
Because I was like, wow, we're, we're going and giving all these Christmas presents to all these families, and yet we still have all these. Like, it was such a beautiful thing. But they had worked their way to a place where they were able to buy a dream house on Lake Taps. So I don't know if any of you are here are from Washington. And they had bought their dream home where you could literally walk to the water. And I remember our kids' favorite thing, and I had shared this at my dad's um, funeral. Their favorite memory was Ponka driving the boat. Yeah, you probably remember this, Jack, yes? And uh, he would literally be in the boat, and they'd be in the inner tubes, you know, the inner tubes behind the boat. And he would be, like, making circles to create his own waves so that the kids could, like, go over the waves. And so not all waves are bad if we learn how to overcome them, and they can turn into something incredible. And just my dad's face is what I still have etched in my mind when I think about him. If you're just laughing his head off, like watching the grandkids just go flying, and he'd be like, yeah, and then he's like, we're not going home until I get them all off. And they'd fly off, and they'd crawl, swim back, and again, again. And, And so again, not all waves are bad. But it's how we process the faith or the fear through the waves. So the first wave that we're going to talk about in this unwavering faith is the wave of listening to the right voice. Can you hear his voice over your own circumstances of what's going on? Can you hear his voice over your own voice? So that one got me a little bit, yes? So years ago, I was a single mom, and, and things were not easy. It's very hard. You're carrying a lot of weight. You're trying to take care of a lot of things. You're, you're, you're doing all the things that two people can usually do, you know, just as yourself. And, and it's just, just life in general anyways, and then you kind of add that on to it. And, but I remember I went through this season, and I was still, you know, involved in church and still, um, you know, connected to people. But I found when I was starting to go through a lot of issues, when problems would come up and something would happen to me, something, I would just, my first go-to would be to, like, call a friend or call, call a pastor or call my connect leader or call a mentor. Sometimes you call all of them because you're just either trying to get somebody to, like, empathize and, like, oh, you know, hear you or you're just trying to. And then I remember sitting there one day going, geez, God, I feel like I, I haven't heard from you in a while. And he's like, well, if you would stop talking. You would hear from me. And I had realized, and not that it's bad to go to people. We totally encourage that. That is why we all come together. That's why we have Connect. We need each other. And we so believe in mentorship and pastoring. I mean, that's why we have this campus. That's why we have PFA. I mean, it's, it's all the things. But my go-to was turning into that first, to where I wasn't really spending any time to ask God to help me through the issues, to ask God to help me process, to help God take the pain to God to really be able to let it go. Um, and so God really convicted me. And he's like, I want you to have a three-day fast. And I'm like, oh, okay, like a Daniel fast. You know, I can't fast everything because at the time I was teaching aerobics and I was teaching like 20 hours a week because I was a single mom. Um, you know, so I'm like, I had to eat. I couldn't not eat. So I was like, what are you? He's like, I want you to fast from talking to people for three days. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, and again, I was single. Okay, I'm reminding you I was single. So if you feel the Lord telling you that in your Mary, let's talk to our spouse <laughs> before you do that. <laughs> Somebody's telling their wife that God told them they need to fast. That's horrible. Don't tell your wife she needs a fast talking like Pastor Melissa. 
That's bad. <laughs> this was from the Lord himself <laughs> to me. And again, I was a single mom, so I'm still talking to my kids. I'm dropping them off at school. I was still teaching my classes, so I was getting all my words out. And I was like, wow, you're really chatty. I'm just kidding. Talking a lot in between. <laughs> As we go by, I said, go. I was like, and then. No, just kidding. So anyways, but I really did. I really leaned into God and, uh, and just said, okay, I'm just not going to. Just for these three days, which is, again, a long time. Uh, Colin wants to do this challenge where we walk 1,500 steps every day. And I'm like, we could, let's do a 1,500 word challenge. <laughs> I'd smoke you in that one. But uh, down the road. <laughs> no, but really for me, it was a moment of trusting God and obedience and just saying, okay, I am going to get my mindset and my habits to be the first thing I turn to is you, God. The first thing I turn to when there's an issue, the first thing I do to really get back into my beautiful habit of spending time with just you and then jump back in. So it was such a powerful thing. I just remember the shift and even just the habits that started to change after that three days of really just only having God to go to for different things and just kind of even sometimes it's just getting back into the rhythm. Seasons like this happen. Christmas season comes up. Our rhythms can get a little off. But getting having something like that to get our rhythm back in to us where we're in line with him first is, is such a beautiful thing. So so let's not be busy talking and doing to not be with God, yes? All right. The second wave is the wave of clarity. And when I found when things get foggy, it's really hard to see. And I don't know how foggy it was, you know, in that time when Jesus was walking on the water. I mean, he almost passed by. Maybe it was too foggy, you know, and even he couldn't see. But, but I'm just kidding. That's not in the Bible. Don't, don't email me that we... Miss Okay, that was me. But, it, you know, it was so foggy. But I think what we have tended, the thing that we have seen the most as we jump into this campus pastor role is this foggy or this kind of mindset of, of just generalizing things so much to where we actually don't have to deal with the real issue. People want to generalize things so much. Well, everybody's saying, I'm like, no, who's saying? Well, everybody. Well, people said, who said I want to help them? Well, I'm like, no, no longer is the team allowed to come to us with somebody said, who said, or people were saying, who was saying, and let's help them through it. Let's help them process and work through it or really listen to what they have to say. Because it's probably, some of it's probably really amazing that we want to implement and work through. So, but what I found is that what we, do, what we, people tend to do, we all have done it, is just generalize. Um, and I think when God starts to get us back into a line, he wants us to get really specific. And this is where Psalms 119, 133 comes in. It says, direct my steps by your word. So a step is every. It's not just like, I went on a jog, direct my jog, like where I'm going to end up. It's like, direct my steps. Every step I take, it's specific. And lo, let no iniquity have dominion over me. So no thoughts in our head that are allowed to stay in because we haven't really dealt with the issue. And the biggest one that we've been hearing about lately is this whole kind of mindset or fog around church hurt. And when you, if you really think about it, church as a general doesn't hurt people. People hurt people. The church just happens to be full of humans. And humans are human. 
and we're not perfect. And so people in the church hurt people, but I think we tend to generalize it because it helps us to hold on to the hurt and not deal with the actual root. It helps us to just generalize and not have to actually go through the pain or the process of the forgiveness that it's going to take to get over that hurt. Or then we can actually still hold on to them. So we have like something to hold on to when we're like, when we're like angry. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, but remember, but at this church, so I just left church. Or at this church, so I went to, a, to this church, so I just left church. Like, it's, it becomes so general that the enemy likes to make his way in so we can become really bitter. And if we hold on to bitterness, then we can't get any better. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. So if we can just generalize it, well, church hurt. And actually, if we can kind of clear the fog of our mind, is there's really no such thing as church hurt. It's no who, who in the church hurt you, how did it happen, and how can we walk you through it? And at first, I was kind of like, gosh, sadly, I wish nobody could ever get hurt in church. And then the mama and me kind of rose up. It's like, actually, it is going to happen. We can't control that part. But we can control how we respond. And we can control how we help people when it does happen. I mean, if, you, if you're in church for any length of time, it's going to happen. And hopefully not intentionally. We're never, nobody's going to intentionally. I mean, maybe some people do. There is that level of evil, which that part is really sad. But it, it's gonna, offenses will come. It says that in the Bible. So learning how to process those. And we're not talking about abuse, okay? There are situations where boundaries need to be put up and people in church or where you do need to leave if there is leadership. Like, we are not saying that that isn't sometimes there too. Well, sadly, we have seen too much abuse in churches. But I think often then we go straight to that and we kind of overgeneralize and go way to this end instead of this to where it's like, no, actually, this is something God's wanting me to, to process and grow through. You know, it's funny because somebody who was talking to me about their church hurt, and that's why they're not at church. Is I was getting my nails done. And I was like, huh, but you got hurt skiing last year. And he just showed me a picture of you back on the mountain. It's like, I was in a car accident, but I still drive. Like, you get hurt at work. Still, you know, you still go back to work. Like, like I think sometimes, okay, wow, the 11 o'clock is. That was my mama hat. Well, maybe half mama, half pastor, yeah. That's kind of what I feel like today. Travis and what's his name's mom, Kelsey boys, who were they, the football guys? Where she's like, anyways, never mind. Who? Donna Kelsey, yes. Her, both of her boys were in the Super Bowl. I don't know all the details. Daniel can talk about that when he preaches sometime. But, but this is kind of my pastor mama hat of like, sometimes we tend to just either put church or people at church on a pedestal to expect them to live up to something they could never live up to. Or we just use it as an excuse to not really dig ourselves and root anywhere. Because if we keep kind of not getting rooted, even if you're in, you can be at the same church for a year and not be planted. And I think some people, and again, some people it is, you guys, it is genuine. I know. It is genuine hurt, and it is hard to plant yourself again. And I'm not saying that, that you know, we, I don't want to ever go the other direction to where 
Like, I understand that, but what we want to get you to is help you walk to a place where you can truly put your roots down and plant yourself again and get all of the bad stuff out of your soil so that you can truly plant yourself again. Because we've seen people in church for years that that still aren't planted, and it is by something that was hurt. But I think also when we can kind of take away the fog of that the church shouldn't hurt people, if we kind of come to this realization, it's like, yeah, you know what? This is going to happen. Um, I think sometimes it helps. And I think when we can learn in any situation, even not just with church, how to get specific with our forgiveness, it hurts. It hurts to have to really specifically, and sometimes it takes a few times. You know, leader, us leaders, all of us who are leaders, we're not immune from getting hurt in church either. I mean, it's just, it's just the way that it is, but how we can process, you know, after our, um, think if, if we all left or didn't plant or didn't decide to go to another church because somebody said or did, or we got hurt, there'd be no, I mean, (laughs) and I remember we, we had our Easter launch. It was the most incredible. I think it was the most, (laughs) it was the most incredible Easter launch there has ever been. In the history of ever, just kidding. But it was pretty, pretty rad, okay? And it was just exciting. And we had poured everything in us and team and so many people here that were here from like the pre-launch meetings and the previous services. Like we had poured all this stuff and it was just epic. And then the next day, beautiful star and I get an email from a probably very well-intentioned lady who had come to the Easter service, and, and there was a lot of energy and passion in her probably about a two-page email of everything that was wrong with our church, everything that was wrong that what we said, everything that was wrong about what we did, and just this whole, like, thing. And, I mean, talk about getting deflated. And, again, you know, I don't know what disappointment this girl has had in the past. To, you know, and maybe she was really trying to help. Okay, because we're not against some of that stuff. We want to get better. We know that we're not perfect. You know, we're, we're not all that in a side of fries. I mean, <laughs> I need to lay off the fries. That's the problem about Idaho. Oh, my gosh. They're so good. Oh. No, but I also, we also wanted to pull through anything maybe in the email of like, where can we get better? We want to improve. Is there some, did we miss something? We're not perfect. Did, you know, did we say something that, yeah, okay, that's actually not biblical or that's actually obviously not quick to be offensive, but there are certain things we do want to be careful of. And I don't want to, we have our team shielding us from some of those. I don't want to be completely shielded from those because I don't want our team to have to carry that alone either. But also we want to keep a pulse on what's going on. So we can, we've been called to pastor. We want to pastor and walk everyone through this and, and go through this together. But if I could be honest, I probably cried for days. And I wish I could say that was the only one. But you know what? I could say, well, the church hurt me. I put everything into this. And now look at, look at how, you know, it's going instead of, you know what? She was really disappointed somewhere. This is how she's expressing it. She's very passionate about, you know, she's probably an eight type person, however that is. But I could just be like, okay, again, it wasn't the church at church on Easter. Oh, you should have seen. It was a specific 
person that I, and it took me a couple weeks. I needed to, to forgive it a couple times. To be honest, it wasn't like, I forgive her. You know, first we wanted to, I had Kate print it out so I could tear it up and rip it and punch it. And, you know, I, you know, I mean, at first I was really, you know, you go through all the like steps because you're also processing just being in a new territory, carrying a new capacity. A lot of you coming into this church, to be honest, we are a territory taking church and you will start to have to carry some things you've never carried before because of the weight of what is on the call of this church. And you personally are going to have to process some stuff so that you're able to carry what God wants to do in each and one of you to help us bring the truth of the kingdom to the treasure valley so did the forgiveness you know you know we worked it out but you know we're going to end on this third one is the wave of trust and it it really did cause me to go to God to really just trust one did you (laughs) you really call us we trust that we're the right people like you know are we you know and then and then also okay we, we trust that you're going to help us with the congregation and the people that you entrust with us. Because we, we take that very seriously. It's not a light thing. And, um, and my heart breaks. It really does when I hear about stuff that have been done or said to people that were in the church. It really is heartbreaking. I'm not going to say that it's not. And um, it's just... I'm going to say it's just humanity, like it's just nobody's, nobody's perfect. But we can also get our strength from God. It says Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. So everlasting, just ongoing strength, ongoing strength to pull from God. But then stepping into another level of trusting, trusting yourself, it's like, wow, I don't want to be that person, but... I'm going to have a bad day, and I'm probably going to make a mistake. Trusting your teams, trusting the people that you work with, trusting people with your heart again. That's not easy. After somebody has hurt you, it's not easy to trust your, you know, like I didn't want to open up my email for two weeks. Well, that's not reality. That's not going to help. Like that's not going to, but sometimes we, we put that up, and we don't want to fully trust people because of the hurt that's, that's been done to us. But what I found it starting to do to me is that the lack of trust that I started to let in was starting to, like, have me take control. And my first instinct, my first tool I grab out of my tool belt is I'll just control it. I'll just control, I'll just control, I'll micromanage everything. I'm like, tell me what you're going to say. Who had this conversation? We need to meet with the connect group leaders. There's this whole like crazy thing that actually was really, really unhealthy. But then I didn't want to micromanage because I hate being micromanaged. So then I would start to micromanage and I'd be like, stop it. And I'd be so mad at myself. And then I would come back to the other way to where then I was like holding it all in. And I was, like, not sleeping, and then other days I would sleep forever, and then, like, it was just this crazy cycle. And I was, you know, talking to my, my uh, doctor, and he was just like, you know, when you hold that kind of stuff in, it causes depression. It causes the things in your brain to not release the, the cells. It, it can slow down your metabolism. And I'm like, oh, it's not just the potatoes. Okay. <laughs> But he, so he graduated PFA too, this doctor, and he's like, mama, it's probably both. Thank you, Dr. Cammy. But I love that he was just real. I was like, oh, you're right. Okay, I need a balance. Balance that out. But, but I was finding, though, I was holding it in. It was starting to actually kind of make me sick. 
because I was so trying to control. And I was so like, my heart was so in the right place, but also I would say almost not in the healthy place of so bad not wanting somebody to get hurt at our campus. And, um, but it was to a point where it was not healthy because it's just not reality. And I found myself turning into Nemo's dad. Have you guys seen Finding Nemo? If you haven't seen it, go go watch it again. But he was so controlling. Didn't want him to, to do anything. Didn't want him to go anywhere. Didn't want anything. And so afraid to lose him. So afraid to get hurt again. I mean, all the things. It's actually really back when Disney was good. Yes. Uh, cheers. <laughs> um, but I remember as I'm still processing this, I go into PFA of all things and I teach the class and then the class wants to pray for me. And it was so special. And I'm sure you guys remember that night. Yes. And it was so cool because I do, I get a lot of dreams and I get a lot of visions and stuff for other people, which I love. And I'm just believing for more of that. But it was in this moment as they were praying for me, I actually got a vision of myself. And a lot of times I'll get um, visions from like movies like, like most of the time, like old, the good old Disney movies, probably because I had four kids, so we've watched them all, I don't know how many times, but I was sitting there as they were praying for me, and uh, I got this, from Finding Nemo, this scene came into my mind, and they're going to play it for us. Hey. You Okay. It's all right. It'll be okay. No. No, it won't. Sure it will. You'll see. No. I promised him I'd never let anything happen to him. Hmm. That's a funny thing to promise. What? Well, you can't never let anything happen to him. Then nothing would ever happen to him. Not much fun for little Harpo. such an incredible thing of then nothing would ever happen to them and so then my prayer went from don't let anything ever happen to them to God help us discern the right people to put into leadership and then help us to trust you with ourselves trust you with our team trust us how to disciple people through the hurt Let's disciple people through the pain. Let's disciple people through the bad things that happen. Not just expect nothing to happen or, you know, wish for that. Some of our greatest growth, like I said, has come on the other side of pain. That has actually come, you know, through leadership. And again, we it's not intentional. We're not going to be out here intentionally trying to, <laughs> you know, you don't intentionally hurt your kids. You don't intentionally, like, try to teach them a lesson. I don't believe, we don't believe in God's trying to teach us a lesson. There's enough stuff in life that we get to learn from. 
Like, we, we, we don't sit there, oh, they haven't learned a lesson in a month. What do we need to do something, you know, to our kids so they can learn a lesson? Like, no, we'll teach them through what happens to them. We'll help them grow. If something happens to them at school, we're going to pray and process through them. But we're also like, what, what's on the other side of your forgiveness? What's on the other side of your growth? How much more capacity and things are you going to be able to carry when you let go of the things that you've been holding on to because you could blame somebody else instead of just releasing? that and giving that to God. And so our greatest prayer is help us to be leaders that we can help people become better and not bitter. That we can really teach people how to walk through and process, you know, and we can really think about where we need to trust God more with people, where we need to trust, trust ourselves more, where we need to just trust others again. And then trust our leadership to help us process through and, and really be able to be open and vulnerable and talk about it. I think sometimes we're also afraid to share about it because we don't want to uncover or, or hurt somebody else. But then, but then it just stays generalized. So there's always, the, there's always the time and toning. There's always the right time to bring it up. But what we, what we want to do is help you process through the hurt, not keep it in. Help you process through the pain. Help you process. So if you want to just close your eyes. You know, in this service, I just feel that word trust trust, trust, and it's been hard for you to trust again, because you've been hurt by by someone, whether it was, you know, e- even your spouse, or by somebody that you you dated and, and you gave your, your heart to, or to a family member, or to even somebody, you know, in this church, or at work, somewhere else you've been, but, but what I see is there's just there's been some people in here who have had a hard time fully trusting God or other people with their heart. And if that's you, raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Wow, a lot of people. Holy cow. The Holy Spirit is so in here. Father God, you see every single hand that is raised. And what is so beautiful about you is you know every single situation and you know how deep the hurt was. Even if it looked like a shallow cut, sometimes the deeps are very, or the cuts are very deep. The pain is very deep. So God, I just pray that you would just bring your healing balm right now onto people's hearts, people that aren't able to fully trust people's minds that aren't able to fully trust. God, that you would just heal where people would be able to fully and completely plant themselves in your house. Plant themselves in one church, not go from church to church, but plant themselves, whether it's this church or another, where you've called them, you've called them to be planted so we can truly grow. And if it is, you know that it's this church. God, just helping till up. I see him just tilling up the soil and cleaning out some of the things that need to just be removed from what's been in the soil of your heart and your soul to put in fresh fertilizer. So there's kind of two different. I see the picture of just the soil being tilled and some people needing to just work through that and then just healing balm. People that just need healing on their heart because it's hard to trust.
would just say we could all just take a moment. Why don't you go ahead and stand up? I think sometimes that just helps us just to really put your palms to heaven and just really hear from God. If there's an area where you actually have found you don't trust yourself, you've been questioning if you really have what it takes, sometimes is a lack of trust. If you've been taking control, because that's your tool like mine, your easy go-to, or if you just have a hard time trusting others. God, I pray that you would just come in and encounter every single heart and soul in this place who's open to you. To really be able to trust at another level to really be able to know that they know that they know. There's somebody in here who has been questioning if you had what it takes. You have what it takes, and that's why God brought you here. We're not afraid of big people. We want to make you bigger because of the impact that it can have on the kingdom, on the Treasure Valley. God, help us to draw out the gold of every single person in here. God, help our prayer to be, yes, we, we, it's not like we delight in anyone getting hurt. But it's just part of being a part of a fallen world. And so, God, let our prayer be, how can I process through this so that I can help other people process through it so that we can become better and not bitter. God, thank you for opening up our minds, for clearing the fog today like only you can. Holy Spirit is in this place. Lastly, I'll just move two more things really quick. The other thing I'm feeling right now is there's a few people in here who, we, we are a Holy Spirit church. And I think to fully trust, you have to have the Holy Spirit at the level to where you have your prayer language. Because there's sometimes I don't know what to pray and I'm so hurt and mad at somebody that I don't know how to forgive them. So I just need to use my prayer language. And the prayer language is a perfect prayer every time. So if that's you, if you don't have your prayer language and you want your prayer language, I've never done this before, so I'm a little like, whoa. Um, raise your hand. We're just going to say a prayer. And then I believe, I, fee I see like people this week, you're just in your car listening to worship and you're just going to start praying in your prayer language. Father God, I thank you for that desire right now. I thank you, God, that you are in us and you want to fill us. God, that the the prayer language that you give us is another tool that we can grab. Instead of grabbing onto control, we can grab onto that prayer language and just start speaking. That we can use our prayer language to pray the perfect prayer because it's from you. So I pray that you would just infill people with the Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus and that the sign of that would come out this week, that there would be people who have never spoken in tongues, speaking in tongues for the sake, God, of what you want to do here in the Treasure Valley. And then lastly, the, the, the best and most amazing thing is that we can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ himself. He wants to have a direct relationship. So we literally can sit by him and bring these things to him like I talked about where we don't only have to go to our connect leader and our friends but we can go right to him he wants to have a relationship with you personally so if that's you and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus lift up your hand 
Father God, I just thank you. If you just want a personal relationship with Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I just thank you for every single person in this room. If that was you, we're going to pray a prayer together as a family, but just really from your heart. Just repeat after me. Say, Father God, I am so glad to know that you want a relationship with me no matter what I've done or where I've been. Today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my soul. I make you my Lord and my master. And I commit to your ways as your ways are higher than mine. Show me how to live a life for you. Now that I have you inside of me, I have the power and the capability to live that life. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.